Welcome from the deep. I am Mike the Finder. And I am Book of Brett. And today we are going to be talking about a little film called A House on Haunted Hill from 1999. Not to be mistaken with House on Haunted Hill from, uh, I should have had that pulled up. When, when was the other one? 1947? I'm going to go with 1947. Way, way later than that. Well, 1959. Not to be confused with 1959's House on Haunted Hill. Um, yeah, I said 1957. You said 1947. Did not. Okay. It came through wrong. He's, yeah, the internet's becoming sentient. It's changing what I'm saying. We're all doomed! You're all witness to his gaslighting me. Okay, here we go. Uh, we're talking about the, the 1999 film House on Haunted Hill. It was Brett's turn to pick the movie. Why, why did we watch this? Because this was one of the first, if not the first, R-rated horror movies that I got to see in a theater. I, this um, is rated R? Oh my god, uh -huh. it is. Yeah. Um, and I will never forget convincing my dad that it was okay to take me because it would, quote, be less violent than The Haunting. Um, I don't know if you've seen The Haunting, there is almost no blood in that movie. Yeah, and there are lots um, of boobs and, and murder yes. in this one. Yes, lots of boobs, lots of murder. The opening is uh, what I can only describe as uh, Nazi torture experiments. Um, <laughs> Uh, so it's not expecting that. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, do you want to go, at, let's just get right into it. Cause I, I got a lot to say about this movie. Do cool. you want to give us a synopsis of house on haunted hill from 1999? Yes, yes I do. Uh, 1999's house on haunted hill is a remake of the Vincent price classic. One also one of my favorite all time horror movies. Um, and it basically kind of follows a similar premise where a bunch of people spend the night in a haunted place for a uh, sum of money that they are promised if they can make it out of live. The sum of money has been changed because $10,000 today would be a laughable amount for this task. And so uh, instead of $10,000, they are offered a million dollars. I believe in the original, they stay in like a haunted house. And in this one, it's a mental institution. Um, and I have this like weird fixation with like old mental sanitarium uh, like institutions, uh, just like, like from a historical perspective. So when you cram Ghost Gore and Marilyn Manson in there too, I'm like, Totally fucking on board. Well, it was 1999, so I think you're legally required to use a Marilyn Manson song or in Reznor. your horror movie, or Reznor, or depending or, on which, or Rob uh, depending Zombie. on which one of the, yes, <laughs> depending on which one, yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> so, um, all right, well, let's jump over to the podcast drive-in here. House on Haunted Hill, 1999. It is rated R. It is an hour and 33 minutes. It's directed from William Malone. It was written by Rob White and Dick Beebe. I'm going to say that again just because it's fun. <laughs> Dick Beebe. And it stars Jeffrey Rush, oh, Famke Jansen, and Tay Diggs. Uh, Famke? It is. It's Famke. I looked it up Famke? on Google. It is Famke. I'm not it's making fam that up. It is Famke. Famke. Okay, hang on. Look, it's it's purple because I already used it. We're all gonna hear this together. Ready? <laughs> Famke Jansen. Famke Jan Jansen. Jansen. Okay. Famke Jansen. Okay. Stand corrected. <laughs> and Tay Diggs. 
Uh, poor, we can't leave poor Tay Diggs out because God knows the rest of the world's done that. Oh, dude, since we've this also movie. got we've uh, also got Jeffrey Rush in here. We've got I Chris Kattan in here. Yep. Uh, we've got um, I can't remember the dude's name um, from uh, he he plays um, here we go uh, Blackburn. Um, we've also got if you will scroll fucking down Jeffrey Combs, bro. Yeah. That's who I was going to Lisa say. Lisa Loeb Jeffrey is Combs. also another really weird one that's in here. Lisa Loeb. This is like this a movie. This actually has, has like <laughs> a, it actually has a good cast. It does, but it also reeks of like late nineties. Like oh, yeah. every single person yeah. in here, uh, Ali Larder, I think. Um, that's the girl from Final Destination one and two. Who's um, someone from the nineties that's a big player, but not John Travolta, Tom Hanks, or Tom Chris Cruise? Chris Kattan. These people, <laughs> all of these people. So, um, yeah, this is full of just 90s greatness. Like, yeah. I, I will say the one thing about this movie that I really enjoyed that I was not expecting to enjoy, because I haven't watched this probably since this was on like stars or HBO a thousand times a day back when it first came out. Right. This, um, this is my hollow. This is one of my Halloween movies every year. Just so FYI. when you brought this up, I had recently watched the original house on a haunted Hill back in like, I want to say March, um, just kind of on a whim. And I've got the poster of the original hanging on my wall here. It's one of the greatest posters of all time. Um, and I think that the original is fantastic, but I have only seen this remake one other time before this. And after having watched it now, I am surprised at how goddamn different it is from the original. It is I am, shockingly I am different. Yes, um, it, it, it is. It's very, very different. Um, it um, it really follows the um it really follows the original very loosely. I think I talked to you on the phone. I really consider this to be one of the first requels just because of how old it is. And they do basically kind of just take a lot of artistic liberties with the premise and the setting and everything else. One thing that I really like about this movie that differs from the other, the, the original, is you have a lot of like dry, witty humor in here. And I really enjoyed that. Um, now, as somebody who loves this movie and has like a lot of nostalgia attached to this movie, I have, of course, watched the deleted scenes. If you have a chance, watch the deleted scenes. It gives a lot of context to the characters in here. I also know that they originally did not anticipate Pritchett to be a comedic character, but Chris Kattan's delivery is what makes it comedic. Like this was written, the, he got the dialogue that they were original that they originally wrote out, and just because of his delivery, so much of this comes off in a comedic form. And I, I have to say, Chris Kattan is one of my favorite parts about this movie because I think this is a really good comedic role for him because it's not the wackiness that we normally see from him. It's a very like cynical, um, nihilistic kind of humor. And I think it works really, really well. Yeah. The original, um, the original guy was played by Elisha Cook Jr. And his name in that one was actually Watson Pritchard. Uh, and in this, they change it to Pritchard. Pritchett. Well, they do that. They do that um, a lot. A lot of the names in this are homages. Yeah. To the Jeffrey, original. Jeffrey Rush's name in this is Stephen Price, which is obviously yep. a reference to uh, the original character um, from Vincent, Vincent Price. Price. 
Um, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of little references to it, despite being super weird. But I, I want to go back to what you said about being a requel. This isn't a requel because it's not a sequel, right? This is like a, just a total remake. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Right? I um I I I I don't nor ever will probably understand the full concept of what a requel is, um because <laughs> the definition so seems to ebb and flow every <laughs> fucking year. Yeah. And uh and not to mention just saying requel makes my balls shrink just a little bit every time I have to say it out of the sheer uncomfortableness that I feel when that term is thrown into a conversation. Well, I, I think technically what a requel is is it is a sequel but a rebrand for the title so like we'll be touching on that again next year the yeah the new um texas chainsaw massacre that you did a solo review on i will link that down in the description up and up top here right now um spoiler alert it wasn't very good it wasn't very good but that's a requel because it it takes place after the after the uh, uh, the events of the first movie and they use that in its story even if it is barely uh, mm-hmm. But they use it in a way to kind of reboot the brand and the the mm. name. So I think mm-hmm. that's technically what a recall is. Anyway, um, why don't you go ahead and give me your, your initial thoughts on this movie? I will give you mine. We will talk spoiler-free at first. I will give you a spoiler warning, everybody, before we get into this movie. I don't think there's that much to spoil here. Um, but regardless, we will whenever we start talking no. about specifics. Uh, and then we will give our ratings. We're going to try to not make this one an hour like the last one was. But uh, yeah, go ahead and give me your initial thoughts. So I, um, I like I said, I watch this movie all the time. Um, I love uh, the remake of House on Haunted Hill. It is a ton of fun. There is not a lot here as far as like elevated horror because this isn't an elevated horror this is just a fun ride with fun characters and i will even say well-written dialogue the interactions between the characters are entertaining um it's it's well written it's uh honestly it's well acted the cinematography is uh it's good but there's not a ton going on here as far as the cinematography goes um but this is also from like the late 90s early 2000s this is this is kind of you have to watch this in the same token as um like final destination or something like that where it's gonna be a lot of fun it's going to be entertaining it's going to be well written but you're not it's not going to break any ground or you know make a huge impression as far as like artistic value goes however uh with that said I liked this movie this time just as much as I liked it last Halloween and every other time that I've ever watched it. It's so weird that this is one of the movies that you like return to all the time. I find that strange. Yep. It's a lot of fun, dude. I have it fun is a lot with of fun all the time. And the reason it's fun is a lot of that has to do with the characters, um, whether it be the settings that they're in, how they are, who they are, how they react with other ones. I think having, um, I think having Stephen Price as a uh, theme park mogul works really, really well. So um, I, I, I just wanted to touch on something with that real quick. When I was watching this movie, I was like, that fucking roller coaster looks just really familiar, and I couldn't place it. And the Hulk? It is the Hulk down here in Orlando, and I have been on that thing multiple times, and I was watching it, and what did it was there is a moment on the Hulk where it goes through this, like, this fog and, like, vapor 
Um, and when I saw that pop up, I was like, that's the fucking Hulk. And I looked it up and sure enough, it is the Hulk from the yep. from the actual ride down here at uh, Islands of Adventure, the Universal Studios ride. And I've been on it and it is a fantastic fucking coaster. Um, and so I just thought that was really fun. I, and the other thing I really love about that is the 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 fucking elevator that that's not part of it um, in re- in the real world. But the elevator part in this movie is so damn fun and interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, the way he like fakes people out, fakes the camera crew out that it's falling. I fucking love that idea. And the theme park I thing is like such special. a good little twist to give him this ability to really fuck with people. And you don't really question how he's accomplishing it. You yeah. just know that he has this ability to do stuff like this because it's set up in this elevator scene. And I love that. Well, it also sets up this whole like the, it also sets up a lot of doubt as far as like when they get into the house, like or into the uh, uh, institution because you do spend a decent amount of time sitting here going like, is he fucking with them? Yeah. Or is this the house? And so, but I also have to say, I just love Jeffrey Rush. I think he is fantastic in this role, but I also just like him as an actor. He's he's basically the Australian Dumbledore to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's from uh, the King's Speech. Uh, Pi- I think he was in Pirates, right? He's he um, plays Barbosa. Yeah, that's yeah. right. He plays Barbosa. He's really, yeah. he's really, really good as Barbosa yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jeffrey Rush is just a really good actor, and the motherfucker can play whatever role he wants to. And even with something like this, he just puts so much into it. Um, he pulls off the Vincent Price mustache brilliantly. I love that that is a thing in this. Yes. When I noticed it, that, I was like, oh, that is such a good little homage to the yeah. original. And, 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 but again, that's the thing is there are so many like throwbacks to the original and they use them in such fun, creative ways that don't really stick out. Like, like when I watched this, I didn't know who Vincent Price was. And so the when, first I, time, I mean, I, when you were a kid. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. When, when I first watched this movie yesterday, when I was a he had no idea who Vincent Price was until he watched this movie. Yeah. 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 No, no, no. He's the Walmart guy, right? <laughs> No, but no, so obviously he's the Michael Jackson thriller guy. Jeez. Oh, that's right. He was a little that boy. Guy. That was such a sad story. <laughs> um, so no, I, 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 I didn't know who Vincent Price was. And so like, to me, it never really stood out. But even if you know who Vincent Price is, if you know the names of the characters from the original, if you know about the original at all, you get these little homages to it that just, they just fit into the story rather than sticking out like a sore thumb where they felt forced to give an homage to the original or some aspect of it. Um, I think that Jeffrey Rush plays a completely lovable asshole in this. He is a complete and utter prick, but if you were married to this woman, who wouldn't be? I'd kill her too. And so I, I, j- I, I he so works clip that. so... <laughs> It's probably for the better. Um, Somebody clip that and send that to Brett's poor wife. Jesus Christ, get her out of there. My wife is a saint. You shut the fuck up. No, but I know. I, that's um, why I'm worried about her. 
Um, Sorry, no, I didn't mean just, to totally derail you there. My fault. No, you're good. <laughs> he, he he really works well as the character that he plays, and that's the thing is all of these actors really work well in the roles that they play, and I just dude, I don't really. I don't really have anything bad to say about this movie. Ooh, let me. Um, okay. <laughs> you know, I think... Here we go. Uh, initially... Why do, I, why, do, why do I bring the things I love to you? <laughs> the, you know, initially, I'm not sure. Um, you When you made me watch Star Wars, you knew what, it was gonna, what I was going to say about it. Um, I did. I did. It's why I made you watch I, it. Well, yeah. But in this, I, do, I think you just wanted to talk about this film, which is fair. I hadn't seen this in a long time, like I said. Um... When I first booted this up, I was actually kind of impressed by the, like, almost Batman Forever-esque vibes that it has. Yeah, so much so that I... shot it on Panavision. I had to look up who directed it, um, and the only thing he's really known for is this, a Masters of Horror episode uh, and Fear.com. He um, also did a Tales from the Crypt, or, yeah, Tales from the Crypt episode, I think. Um... He did the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids TV show. Yeah, he did some Tales from the Crypt. He did two episodes of that. Um, <laughs> he did three episodes of Freddy's Nightmare, which was a very short-run TV series with Freddy Krueger. Um, so, you know, he's done, trying. he's done some stuff. Uh, also, Sleepwalkers. I don't know if you've ever watched Sleepwalkers at all, the TV show. I know about Sleepwalkers. Okay. I never watched it. Um, he hasn't, oh, wait, I'm thinking of Sliders. Never mind. <laughs> Yeah, that's very different. Uh, he's done a lot of stuff, but if we go and we look at the uh, original director uh, of the 1959 House on Haunted Hill, which was William Castle, um, I think that William Malone, who is the director of the 1999 version, had a lot to live up to uh, when mm -hmm. choosing this movie, and I think that the original is so damn good. You said that Jeffrey Rush plays a lovable guy. That's true, but he also plays this in a much more dickish way than Vincent Price yeah. does. Like, he's far yeah. more arrogant. He's far more of an oh, yeah. asshole to his wife. Sure, Vincent Price is a dick, and he's got that scene where he, like, grabs grabs his wife by the hair and, and all that shit, and they kind of talk <laughs> shit to each other the whole movie. And in this, I love they have the banter between these two. Yeah, by the way. they have straight up resentment towards each other and, like, literally hate each other. Uh, and that's, that's, in the the original as well, but it's far more played up in this one, and I actually yeah. do kind of like that. Um, I'm Stephen Goddamn Price, <laughs> like dude. That line, I forgot that was coming, and I chuckled a little to myself. It was just, it was such an arrogant thing to do, and I just I love his delivery on that line. I, I really love, like I said, that they made him a theme park guy because it, it goes back to what you were saying. It gives it casts doubt on whether or not the stuff that's happening is actually happening, especially since we know he put a technician down in the basement to like right. run all of this stuff. Um, Dude, I remember that. I remember that scene where he comes in and spoiler alert, the technician's face is just hollowed out. And that image stuck with me for so long as a kid because at the time I had not seen something like that before. And I remember seeing that and just being like, oh, my God. Yeah, we were like 12 when this came out. And so when this was on, like, is that right? 
Yeah, 12, 13. Yeah, 12. So I would have been, yeah, I would have been, I would have been 13 years old. Um, so when this movie came out, we were like just under the age of should be watching this, I think. And no, still at the age of should not be watching this. Um, well, I mean, I, I guess that's true. I, watch this at 13. I really would have thought that this was rated PG 13, except when I start to think about the boobs. Other than the, the, the boobs. Well, you also got to understand the rating system was a lot stricter back then, too. I mean, I guess that's true. This says it's rated R for horror, violence, gore, sexual images, and language. And the sexual images thing is actually something right off the bat. All those mental patients, like, ripping off the clothes of the nurses. It's so much more hardcore than I was expecting, like, right off the bat. Um, but unfortunately, I think it kind of starts to... <sighs> fall a little bit flat toward the end for me. It starts off really strong and I was really into it. By the time we get to, I guess Chris Kattan calls it the darkness. Mm -hmm. um, by mm -hmm. the time we get to the darkness, I had kind of checked out a little bit, to be honest. Fucking both. Um, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying. You will love the things I love. <laughs> And you will not shit on them, okay? I'm not shitting on it. I just this isn't the help. I don't want to be served a shit pie. Wow. What? That's such a <laughs> out of the blue ass fucking reference. Um, Get some culture. Quit watching horror. No, first of all, and and second of all, I know what you're talking about. Thank you. I've seen the help. Um, you know. I think that this movie gets weaker as it goes along. And I think that part of it is the, the era that this was made in. There's a lot of CGI in here that just fucking does not hold up. Yeah, I, I, I will say you're not wrong there because I, I, I was watching this. This is the first time I had to watch it from a critical eye. Thanks for the glass breaking moments. Um, <laughs> and it's... You the, chose the this movie. <laughs> It's not my fault. You were like, let's dissect this movie I love. <laughs> I don't recall that. You were quite drunk last night. <laughs> I was very drunk last night. Anyway, anyway, that's not important. My personal choices aren't important. I'm, I'm not on trial here. The movie's on trial here. Remember what we're doing. Anyway. This isn't a self-help Yeah, bad CGI. Channel. Bad CGI. So the yeah, yeah the, the darkness when it finally comes out it is very it looks like somebody cut it looks like somebody took Peter Pan's shadow and made a monster out of it and what I mean by that is his shadow when he's stitching onto his feet in the cartoon looks like pantyhose and it looks like somebody took pantyhose put it into a CGI program and then made a monster out of it and went Woo! Yeah, and then turned up Gaussian blur like to like 35% because it's all yeah. super blurry and ill-defined. <laughs> how, how, how else are you going to get what I can only describe as a Godzilla creature in ghost form? I don't know about that. I mean, it's got like the multiple heads and it looks like Mothra at one point. I mean, that's true. Yeah, but it's also just made of nude women. Like when you really start to pay attention to it, it's it just a bunch it, of naked women. 
It, this is so. This is gonna be a pretty deep cut, um, but it looks like an old "As I Lay Dying" album cover. Yes, yes, it does. That's exactly what it looks like. Uh, and and funny enough, th- this monster wants to murder wives too. Yes, yes. Well, I mean, <laughs> a bit misogynistic. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, I think that the, the the fact that this was made in 1999, I have no problem with in general there. Like, I like stuff like Valentine's Day. Um, Scream is even earlier than this. So does someone but, else. But yeah, but that stuff um, doesn't rely on CGI nearly as much as this movie does, which I think is what holds it back the most for me. The practical it stuff relies on it that much. It does. The practical stuff for the big climax of this entire movie, the entire thing is CGI. And when it doesn't look good, it sort of ruins the climax of the film. Like, uh, slashers and Valentine's Day and Scream and all that other stuff, they don't rely on CGI to be scary, and this does. And when the entire movie, you're sitting here building up this, like, I don't know, this monster that is the, the house, quote-unquote. Um, I, I also hate that it's called House on Haunted Hill, but it's not a fucking house. It's a yes. fucking mental institution. They call it the point. House on Haunted Hill multiple times in the movie. That is it. Well, it is technically a house. People lived there. <laughs> okay, in the same way that a hospital is a house, sure. <laughs> no, this is a place where people live and then die. Yeah, by one of the most prolific serial killers of all time, apparently. Well, I mean, technically. Um, Actually, no. Technically, he's just a mass killer. But this is 1999, and children weren't dying in school nearly as often, so we didn't have the term mass murderer. But I just, I don't know. I think that the the biggest downfall that this movie has is all of the CGI shit. And it is hard for me to go back and enjoy, like, I would say, like, 98 to, like, 2004, 2005, that era is something that I don't necessarily enjoy revisiting within horror a whole lot. Um, and so when you brought, when you brought this movie up, I was like, Oh, okay. All right. Even though I own it, which by the way, I didn't even know that I owned it whenever we nope. started. No, nope. he didn't even know. He didn't even know. It was this whole conversation. <laughs> of, Where am I going to watch it? And then he's like, Oh, I've got it on my shelf. And on the other yeah. line, I just went, yeah, thank God I use a an app on my phone to like actually keep track of all this goddamn movies behind me because otherwise I I think that says more about your financial situations than your memory, but I, or your financial I, decisions. I, I don't. <laughs> I think it says way more about my memory. I mean, I can't remember every movie that's back here, and I have like well, that's a fraction of the collection you do. I mean, that's fair. Um, what? Yeah, when I you mean, have. Look, Look, I mean, I, I, I mean, let's let, let let's get behind the scenes. We crop in so you can't see the edge of my bookcase, which is here. Here, I'll show it. There you go. Here you go. See? Yeah. See? Look, look how <laughs> tiny it is. It's so tiny. <laughs> um, I mean, mine goes all all the way over to the wall, way over here, but. Yeah. Um, no, I've got a I got a corgi collection. You got a great Dane collection. I get it. <laughs> Move on. Anyway, um, you know, I I. I didn't think this was crap, uh, but but I did not enjoy it that much. I wanted to, and at the beginning, I really thought that I was going to be all in, but by, and it's only an hour and a half, 
So by the by the like I don't know forty five minute mark, I was just so like. <sighs> The original is pretty much nothing but people talking to each other. There's some stuff mm-hmm. that happens. It's uh, dark shadows. But it, yeah, it's very similar. Exactly. Um, and so, like, I was expecting this to, like, really crank up all the crazy shit that happens. And it does. Yeah. I think that Jeffrey uh, Combs in this is really fucking great, even though he's barely in it. He's like a ghost and he's the doctor he's- and stuff. Um, in, uh, so just so you know, in the deleted scenes, there's actually a scene where he plays a real estate agent trying to sell it to people. And all we see is the back of his head. And at the very end scene, he finally turns around and we get to see Dr. Vanagut. That's pretty like, cool. In, like in human form. And I think that would have been such a cool thing to keep in the movie. And at such a lo- lo- short runtime, I don't know why they didn't include that. Well, there is a post credit scene. Did you know that? Do you want to know what it is? It's not a, well, it's a slight spoiler. Yeah, what is it? Okay, so just so everybody's aware, we're going to start spoiling stuff, I think. Um, For for the co-host, apparently. Yeah, for the co-host. At the very end, it's like a 12-second scene. They show, they cut back to the movie that the mental patient at the beginning is shooting uh, when they grab the nurse and stuff like that. Oh, you know what? I did know about this. Okay. And, yes. and Price and uh, what's her face? His wife are both yep. in the movie whenever That's they right. cut back to it at the very, very end. Yeah. I, did, I, I, I completely forgot about it. Yes, I have seen that. It's really dumb. <laughs> I don't understand. Did they travel and back in time? Did they? I, I don't. I don't know. They're part. They're part of the history of the house. Uh huh. But why are <laughs> they in the movie? Because they're part of the history of the that house. That doesn't. Now. They're being tortured. Uh huh. They're part of. It's saying that they're part of the house now. I got that when the house swallowed them whole. Or, or. If you want to be a dick about it, uh-huh. it's saying nothing. Okay, so since we're spoiling, let's talk about the biggest fucking issue I have with this movie. Why is Chris okay. Kattan not part of the darkness? Why is he the only one that gets to break free and and do a good thing? Everybody else succumbs he's to a it. Good person? Is he? Seems he's like a greedy. Good he's extremely greedy. I think he's poor. He owns the the. He could fucking sell that place. Yeah, yeah, it's in great condition. Regardless of what condition it's in, it's massive. It's a piece of history, and it could be sold for at at the very least fifty grand. At the very least, and well, that's Mike, the extreme. You tell limit. me how they're gonna get the fucking door open. How about that? You tell me how they get the door open and end the movie. Go ahead. I'll wait. He actively. He actively lets all of these people in, knowing that horrible shit is going to happen to them. He's greedy the entire time and wants to leave because he knows horrible shit is going to happen throughout the night. He gets trapped in there with everybody else. I don't think he's a good person. I have a theory. Okay. It's a gremlin situation. What is the attic is the attic is moist. So he just kind of popped right off the body, the main body. And now free will. (laughs) Really fucking stupid. <laughs> Gremlin. <laughs> Explain it to me though. I I don't get it. I just because you did know what that. it reminded me of. You know, it has the exact same energy of the new uh, Ghostbusters with fucking Harold Ramis. 
<laughs> that's the exact same fucking energy as that scene from the new Ghostbusters where they CGI Harold Ramis in to help the kids. Can we kill him now? <laughs> Audience am says I, yes. Am I wrong? I don't I, want to talk I, about I don't get it. I, I don't understand why he is the only one that is able to break free. I don't understand how he physically interacts with this thing if he's a ghost. I just don't understand it. It's it, it's it's a fair question. Um, I I don't have a response to it. I have a lot of snarky responses, um, but none of them are good. So here's my other issue with it. They're just stuck there at the end. They're just stuck there. No, no, no. no. There's, there's one point where they say like a crew is coming in the morning and they're like above the, they're above the front door so they could just, they're not above the front door. They're on the fucking backside of it overlooking the ocean. I guess their feet don't work because it's a ledge. They can just walk around. No, they can't. They show that. It's like a little porch, which, uh, whatever about that. It's this little itty-bitty thing that there's clearly no way off of other than to go back through the house and get We're murdered. A helicopter. How are they going to be found? By yelling. If they can't get out and the mechanism to get out is inside the house, how is anybody going to get in the house from the outside? Mike, you're missing the point, okay? They're millionaires now. Okay? That's, that's the important thing here. Is you want to know what now, really bothers me about that? And maybe I'm just reading way too into, the, into this fucking movie. Um, this buildup feels like it. This guy dies under very suspicious terms, uh, and his body just disappears into ash, and he's this multimillionaire or billionaire that, that runs this huge company, right? Uh, and right after he dies, uh, I don't know, five million in cash goes disappearing out of his fucking things, out of his accounts. And they could just be like, hey, who did this? Oh, hey, look, there's a camera at this bank. Who the fuck are these two? And how did they get five million dollars in checks made out to cash from the guy who went is suspiciously missing? Yeah, that's a fair point. <laughs> that's a fair point. I just don't understand. I think maybe that one you are reading a little bit too much into it. Because it's not about the realistic real world I, ramifications. I know, but this is the kind um, of shit that bothers me when I watch stuff like this. Well, that's why you're so sad. And that's why I thought this was so much fun. You got to watch it from the mind of a 14 year old, Mike. That is how you know a movie's good. Yeah, Avengers is doing great. <laughs> you know what Avengers has going for it over this? It Budget? makes sense. No, no, it doesn't. You're right. It I tried. It, it doesn't make sense. It makes yeah, sense. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. Fuck <laughs> off with it makes sense. The, fir the first bad guy makes sense. The second bad guy makes sense. After that... We're just unprepared and we deserve <laughs> to be taken over. Well, I think that regardless of uh, how many issues I have with this movie, 
there are really cool, really cool scenes in here. The scene yeah. where he gets locked inside of the, I don't even know what it is. It's like a, one of those giant movie, old school movie things. What I are call, those called? I call it the, I call it the twirly chamber. Okay. When he gets trapped inside the twirly chamber, <laughs> uh, that scene is fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh, again, there's some CGI in there that doesn't really hold up that well, but I think that scene yeah. is fucking great. I think the um, the entire thing with the the journalist lady going missing and there being blood all over the walls is super fucking cool. Um, I don't know. There's that. There's also that fucking that really abstract scene. Um, help me re- help me remember what this is because I was quite drunk last night when I watched this as well. Um, like when he gets pulled into like the dream world type thing. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of fun. I kind of feel like I kind of feel like he gets sucked into something at that point. But I also think maybe they're just like putting shit in his head. Um, I'm not really sure what to make of that, but it is a good transition. It is super duper creepy, although it does feel like a tool music video. It does. And it uh, also doesn't fit the rest of the vibe of the movie at all. Cause the, no, cause Chris Catan's running around being Chris all, all Chris Catani and you know, there's yeah. humor and like all that other stuff in it. And then that happens and it's so weird and crazy. I just, Although awesome. It's just out of, I don't know. The way you said that just makes me, I, I have this image of him just like skipping through the house going, I'm Chris Kattan, I'm Chris Kattan, I'm Chris Kattan. I just can't help. Every time I see that guy, I think of Corky Romano where <laughs> the cloud of cocaine explodes in his face and he has to go talk to a room full of school children. I've, that fucking scene, every time I see Chris Kattan, that is what I think of. And so see, it's just hard for me to see, see him, him as an actor, you know? Every time I see him, I think of his very effeminate character, Mango, from Saturday Night Live. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that that's a thing you couldn't do anymore. Wow. Yeah. Oh, no. No, you couldn't do it, which is why it's so funny. But he played he played Mr. Peepers on SNL, too. Do you remember that? No. But when I think of Mr. Peepers, Mr. I think Peepers. of that show. And I think of that show uh, Another Period or something like that with Michael Ian Black, where he plays Mr. Peepers. Oh, yeah. You don't remember this? <laughs> oh, Mr. Peepers. You don't remember. <laughs> oh, my God. I forgot about that. It's just such a ridiculous, ridiculous human being. <laughs> but that's why I like seeing him in this role, because it's like it's it, it's him trying to do drama and still just can't help being Katanish. Well, I mean, I will say I definitely think he plays Pritchett better than the original. The original is super really serious. And I think that this movie actually benefits from Chris Katan sad. being kind of wacky. The original Pritchard is just sad. He is, but you just so is so is Chris Catan's Pritchard, but he he's dealing with it in a different way. And I think that's yeah. where the greed thing comes in because he's so fucking greedy in this movie. My my favorite line from Chris Catan is when Tay Diggs goes, "Where would that leave us?" And Chris Catan goes, "Out of scotch, thanks to you, ass." <laughs> All right, well, why don't you go ahead and give me your final thoughts and your rating on, on House on Haunted Hill? 
House on Haunted Hill is a very fun ride. It does kind of fall off at the end. Uh, however, that does not negate the fact that the buildup is a fun ride. Um, the ending is one of those where you can kind of tell like they weren't sure how to end it. And so they had to kind of sandwich in some things in there that you might not be too crazy about. It's got a lot of stuff in here that's a lot of fun. The beginning is like in your face from the very get-go and then the violence does kind of drop off. I feel like if we had gone just, I, I feel like the first scene in this movie is why it's rated R. Um, so go into this almost expecting a PG-13 rating and I think that'll kind of help you to um, get into what you're uh, going to be expecting a little bit better. Overall, I would give House on Haunted Hill a 7 out of 10. It's a lot of fun. I, I always enjoy watching this movie. It, I have a lot of nostalgia attached to it. However, regardless of how I feel about it, if we're going to review this objectively, I can't give it higher than a 7 out of 10, but that's still higher than IMDb's 5.6. <laughs> All right, for me, I think that uh, the vibes in this are super cool. I like a lot of the cinematography. The lighting is really fun. Like I said earlier, it reminds me the set design and and some of the cinematography and lighting really remind me of like '90s Batman. Um, yeah, like it's I and it's that. super fucking cool. Overall, I think that the vibes are very good in this, but it's not enough to carry it through the entire thing. Some of the script is kind of weak. A lot of it doesn't make sense. Um, I think the really cool dark parts are really fucking cool. And whoever wrote this, which was, who was it? It was, oh, that's right. Dick Beebe and Rob White. Um, I think that they are, Baby? they're clearly Baby fans. Dick? They're clearly fans of horror. You can just kind of tell by, by the way this is written. Um, but I also think that this is such a deviation from the original. That doesn't make it bad necessarily. Um, but I think a lot of the choices that they made on the way there are super fucking weird. And I were I rewriting this movie, one of the one of the most famous movies of all time with Vincent Price in it, I think if I were rewriting this, I would not make a lot of those same decisions. Um, specifically, I dislike most of the characters in this. I also think we don't see any character development throughout any of it, really. Uh, what you want to see is you want to see Price and his wife um, develop in some way. And they kind of do when he throws her through the through the wall and they start seeing the darkness and stuff like that. I call he, that a climax. He immediately switches from I'm going to murder you to, oh, my God, get out of there. We got to we got to get you safe, which is something. But then she immediately fucking dies right fucking after that. Um, and it and it just ruins any of the development that could have been between their relationship, which I think would have helped considerably. Uh, but I also understand why that doesn't happen, because he ends up getting fucking killed, too. I think that Tay Diggs and what's her face, the, the, the girl that survives, um, Allie, Allie Larder, Larder I Sarah. Um, I really like her in Final Destination. I, I don't think she's quite as good in this. Uh, but she is pretty damn good still. I think that both of them are two of the most underdeveloped characters in this movie, and they end up being the two that fucking live throughout the entire thing, which bothers you know, me. My, <laughs> the, the the biggest part that bothers me in this movie is involving Allie Larder, where she goes, uh, where she like stops on the stairs and she sees her sister 
And she goes, Sarah or whatever her or, or whatever her uh, sister's name is. She goes like, Sarah. And in my head, I went, Nope, no, no, uh, nope. And it's it's the same way when she hears her whimpering. She's like. She's like, I can help you. Like, really? Everything that's happened and you think your sister just is here. I, the funny, the funniest part about that is like, she's, she's the one that sees Tay Diggs jump into that vat too, right? And so she mm-hmm. knows that whatever is in this fucking house can make her see shit. And, and I don't know that scene, by the way, where Tay Diggs jumps in that I thought was really fucking cool. I see. I feel yeah. like it's kind of a, a fun little homage to the like acid pit that's down in the basement yeah. of the original. I thought that was really cool. I thought that maybe seeing some skeletons or something like from the original would have been really cool. There, There's some stuff in here that I think they should have put in here that wasn't in here. And then there's some stuff like like naming him price and giving him the price mustache and all that stuff. That's really fun to see. And if you get it, you get it. And if you don't, it play, it plays no bearing on this movie whatsoever. Um, right. But the biggest issue I have is I don't really care about any of these people other than price and the wife. Those are the only two people that I actually care about because they're the only two that I actually have a background on in the original. We have that. We, at the very beginning, Evelyn, thank you. At the very beginning in in the original, we actually get backgrounds on each one of these people in the car. If you remember, like Vincent price literally has a little monologue about each one of them, why they're there, why they're except why they're willing to spend a night in this place for money, all of that stuff. All of that stuff is in the dialogue in this new one, but it's not laid out in a way, in my opinion, that, that gives me enough of a reason to like actually care about these people and actually invest in them, if that makes any well, sense. And that monologue in this movie actually isn't about these people either. It's about the people he originally invites. Right. Um, which, again, do we ever find out who hacked his computer? Is it the house? It's the house. Okay. They, expl- they, 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 they explain it where they say there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of electrical current in here. And um, uh, yeah, they, they kind of go into the whole thing and explain. OK, that. I must have missed that part. To be it's, fair, it, it, it's at the point, I think, where you checked. I out. was going to say, to be fair, I had kind of checked out by like by an hour, 10 or so. I was just kind of over it. I don't know. I this is it's fun at first and the, and the novelty just kind of wore off for me. But like I said, this is some of my least favorite years to rewatch horror for a reason. I don't generally Noted. like what? Noted. <laughs> oh, no. I, I just don't generally like the vibe of stuff from, like I said, like 98 to like 2004, 2005. Um, and it's just the, the place where horror was in that era, it's just really fucking weird. So House of you're Wax, tell me, Valentine's Day, House on Haunted you're Hill. You're going to tell me you didn't like House of Wax or Freddy vs. Jason? Yeah. You didn't watch... What about the Texas, what about the Texas Chainsaw remake? That That's one's that the, the one with uh, Jessica, Jessica Biel. Uh, yeah, yeah, that one's not bad. I don't mind that. Um, oh, that was really good. Yeah, but that, that one that one feels like the original movie. Like, that's the thing is like, it doesn't reinvent the wheel of Texas Chainsaw, um, right. which is not necessarily a good thing because some of the, some of the best, like Chainsaw 2, I don't know if you've ever seen Chainsaw 2. Oh, yeah. It's yep. so wacky and different than the original. So I don't need it to, I don't need that, 
that Jessica Biel remake to feel like the original, but the fact that it does and it's super dark and gritty, that was like in the same era as like Saw and stuff. So like, I feel like yeah. they were trying to go for that. This is in 99 before all that started to happen where we're still getting kind of wacky over the top horror movies. Um, and so it just doesn't work as well for me. I think I on Letterboxd, I rated this a four out of 10 last night. I'm going to bump this up to a five because it's not a four. It's just not. Um, I think I was just in a bad place when I rated it because I was like, come on, be over. <laughs> but the more I thought about it today leading up into recording here, I do. I do enjoy this movie and I would absolutely watch this again. Uh, but I don't think it's I don't think it's terrible. I don't think it's great. This is kind of middle of the road. It's not bad. Uh, and I think that they it's could have done. Fun. Yeah, it's fun. That's the big thing. This movie is fun. And there's a lot of really cool visuals in it. There's a lot of really cool moments in here that are just a lot of fun. And I can see why this would be something that you rewatch during the Halloween season, especially if it's something you saw so early and it really stuck with you. So, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm going to go ahead and rate this a five out of ten. I think it's I think it's cool. pretty good. So um, let us know down in the comments what you thought of this movie. If you like this, make sure you hit that like button. If you really liked it, make sure you hit the subscribe button because we got a lot more content like this on the channel. We talk about mostly horror movies, not always, but mostly horror movies on this channel. Uh, we do podcasts. We do solo reviews. We do trailer reactions. It's been about a, it's been a while since we've done the drinking at the drive-in thing, uh, but we also get drunk and watch movies sometimes together. Uh, we do all sorts of stuff on this channel, and there's something for just about everybody and every single movie fan out there. So uh, make sure you hit the subscribe button to check out all of that. Uh, and if you like this and got all the way to the end of it, we really super appreciate it. Thank you to all the new subscribers that have been coming in. We super appreciate everybody that's been watching our stuff. And uh, yeah. I'm going to shut up now. Thank you for watching, and we will see you guys next time from the deep. Bye-bye. Talk to home.